Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo, and every episode we get into what has made our guests vulnerable and how they've learned how to own their awkward in order to live their best life. Stay tuned so you can hear every awkward moment in today's show. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Own Your Awkward. Today I am so excited and honored to have my good friend here, Nicola Lindy. Nicola is a singer, songwriter, super talented, and just all around great person. Nicola, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Good morning. Um, Good morning. What a wonderful day to be spending having coffee and chatting with you. This is awesome. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, I I see you perform all around the Northwest in person, and I'm so glad that we're back to live performances. You were oh the goodness. first person I saw live, and I was like, oh, this feels so good. <laughs> well, what's really funny is the place that you book was the last place that I played right before the shutdown for COVID. And I think, I want to say, it was also the first place I played once we opened back up. So it was very it serendipitous. Was. Yeah, it was yeah, very it serendipitous. Felt good. It was like full yeah. circle, closure and reopening, yeah. and we're back. It needed to happen that way, and it's great. And thank you so much for doing that for us. Oh, definitely. Glad to. So, Nicola, I like to ask everybody to start out, put you on the spot here. What's the most positive thing you see going on in the world right now? Oh, you're just going to, like, launch into that one right away. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, I think um, I'm looking at it from a different lens, and it's it's kind of awesome. I, I'm a new mom. Uh, our daughter is 11 months old today. Wow. And yeah, I know. Like, where did the time go? Right. Um, and I think right. what I'm seeing that's so positive and awesome is that you can see people in a grumpy mood. You can pe- see people in the grocery store just like head down, stressed out in their own little moment. But as soon as my little girl waves at them and does the little hi, people, you just see them light up. And I think that the future and everything that we have in this world is in our children and how we treat our children and how we respect them as 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 little humans, not just this little baby. Like she's got a personality. She's 11 months old and she is her purpose. It seems to be to just bring happiness to people. And I just think it's just so wonderful. I love that. And she she's adorable just for the world to know. She's a beautiful <laughs> baby. And this, you shared a picture not too long ago, or a video of her singing her mama song. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely takes after mama and, well, and, and dad, because you're a very musical family. Yeah, we joked that she's got mama's lungs, because when she was first born, she screamed, and when she wailed, it was loud. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, oh, yep, she sings like mama, all right. <laughs> Yeah, which is probably sometimes good and sometimes like, okay, it's nap time. (laughs) Mama needs a rest. (laughs) Totally. Totally. But in the grand scheme of things, she is a very happy baby. Like she is not, I mean, she was a bit colicky when she was a little younger, but she's, um, she's just super happy, chill baby. The other night I played a two hour show with her on my back and played guitar and sang for two hours. And she just filled out. It was awesome. Waving at people, shaking a shaker. She's happy. I love that. And I, I love that you bring out the idea of how, how, how important it is to look to the kids for the future and positive. I remember uh, I have, you know, between my kids and, and my siblings, because there's 14, you know, grandkids. And 
there was a gap there before great grandkids started getting born. I just remember when when little kids started being around again, it just lightens up the room so much more. It's like this is absolutely this so absolutely. much. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's funny that like people will want to come and say hi to you because you have this child. And if anything, I feel like in the days of social media, we are so disconnected from each other as adults. And we say that we're connected and we say that we want to be able to um, get to know each other and like each other and all this stuff. But we don't really actually engage. It, it's all through a technical device. And as yeah. soon as there's a baby, people want to come up and talk and say hi and tell you their stories about their babies. And, and, it, and it's, it's more human and more connection. And I, just, I think I love that part of it. And it is bringing, bringing us back to what life was like pre-internet, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you love that because I do know that sometimes that can be off-putting, right? You can look at that either way. You can yeah. like, I don't need to hear your story just because I have a kid. I know you had a kid. You know, that can, that can sometimes be overwhelming. And I hear people say that yeah. other side. But I love that you see that as a sense of community in a way to bring us back more to our human roots. Absolutely. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I do. I do agree with the whole, it can be off-putting. Um, like say if somebody's making a comparison, it's like babies develop very differently. Like my kid is maybe advanced here, but not behind here. She's going to end up in the same place in the end. Right. Like it's, she's, she's a great human and we love her, but I don't need to hear how your kid is doing better than mine, you know? So Yeah. And it's, that's the whole human side, right? Like we have to pay attention to how we're approaching people and where they're coming from when they approach us and kind of be, be willing to not get too hung up in the stuff that drives us a little crazy, but yeah. also appreciate the, the good. Yeah. And I think that that's where the positivity comes from is that if you approach people with that positive attitude of saying, Hey, I really love this as opposed to well, my kids doing this. Right. Um, I think, I think that that's where that connection happens and happens is when people are excited to share um, the positive things like, Hey, that's really cool that your kid's doing this. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I love that. Well, here's to 11 months and I know almost a year that they just grow so fast. I know. I know it'll be no time and she'll be off to school and oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't even want to think about where she's going to go from there. Well, you have a full plate. You've got motherhood, family life, plus your entertainment career. Uh, what, what would you say? I'm going to, I'm, it's time for me to ask you, what's that awkward thing you've had to own to get to where you are right now? Um, I just feel like I am awkward just as my personality and my, my, my humanness. Uh Um, (laughs) So I'm just an awkward person all around. I say the wrong thing at the wrong time. um, And then realize it like hours later. um, And I'm like, Oh, that's not what they meant by that. Um, But I think, uh, there's a, there's a few facets of it. I think the songwriting facet of it is my awkward is I wear my vulnerabilities on my sleeve. Um, as a songwriter, I really delve into that, that, that soul of songwriting. And I write from a very confessional autobiographical songwriting perspective. And sometimes that can get really deep and difficult. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people find it hard to share from that place and, you know, there are songs where there's, it's so personal, you don't want to perform it, but it needed to be written. And so yeah, it's yeah. out there, um, but you play it anyways. And I have to say, those are usually the songs that somebody comes up to me afterwards and says, 
how did you know that I had that relationship with my boyfriend too? And, and that's where people will connect with you when you allow yourself to be vulnerable and allow yourself to, to just kind of speak your own truths in song and in art. No, I love that. I feel like it's the hardest, but the most important piece of doing it. Absolutely. And, and like you said, it is the hardest, it is the hardest to basically say, this is my soul. This is, this is my life. And I'm going to lay it all out here for people to criticize or to love or to do what you want with it. And as soon as I release it into the world, you can't take it back. Right. And, and that is the scary thing. But I once had somebody say to me that somebody will love your music as long as you are remain passionate about what you do. I love that. And I've really held on to that and just said, okay, as long as I know that this is my truth and that this is um, what I'm passionate about in my songwriting, I'm going to release it out and it's not mine anymore once it's out and you can do what you like with it. Well, so. and what I love about your music is that you cover kind of two two emotions for me. Like one is this raw, I'm going to sit here and cry it out or, or even just see <laughs> hope. Like it's not all, it's not always, it's not depressing. I don't want to give the wrong impression, but it is very deep and thoughtful where you really think, okay, this is, this is a story we're going through and, and I've lived part of this story in one way or another. And then when I see you perform live, you have those songs that are also, um, especially some of the covers you do where you, you take this song and you put this completely different rock twist on what might otherwise be a folk type song or something and it's like mm -hmm. I've never thought of that song being played that way and it just it's amazing well thank you so much thank you um yeah and I think um kind of going back to that original question there are other ways that I've dealt with awkwardness too um uh in 2014, I went through a huge life change. Um, I, my weight has been my entire life up and down my entire life. And this is speaking about vulnerabilities and, mm -hmm. and just laying it out there. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> it's not something I talk about very often. Sure. Um, you know, as a kid, I was always skinny, um, teenager, I put on weight and then dealt with it in the wrong ways. Um, and then into my twenties kind of fought with it. And then 2014, I kind of, hit this point where I was, I was heavy and I had the wrong people in my life and being affected by relationships, just never going right. Um, I hadn't met my husband yet. And I basically had a day where I sat on the beach and I just was like, until I take care of myself, I'm going to continue living this cycle of unhappiness until I start loving myself and really treating myself kindly. I'm just going to continue to be unhappy in this, in this cycle. And I just, I think it was Easter weekend. I just decided, okay, that's it. It's a rebirth. I'm going to change how I look at myself. It was right around the time somebody said to me, you are who you surround yourself with. And so if you, if the people that you surround yourself with are negative and discouraging people, you yourself are going to be that same way. And so I did a huge shift in my friend circle. I started, you know, cutting people out slowly that were negative voices in my life. And I started um, inc like including more encouraging and positive supportive people. And that's when I went through um, five months of weight loss and I lost, I think it was like 40 pounds. Wow. And yeah. And I mean, I'm back up again, but that's baby and after baby right. and all that stuff and COVID and whatever. And happy um, life. Like life. Right. My age, I'm older now. It's harder mm -hmm. to lose weight when you get sure. older. Um, and, and you know what, I'm owning that. I'm saying, you know what, I'm okay with that now because I've learned 
how to love myself in whatever shape or size or feeling that I'm in. The number one thing is filling your own cup first so that when it comes time to give to other people, you have something to give. Yeah. Cause you can't give from an empty cup. And, and that was the biggest, the biggest lesson that I had in that. So. Well, I love that you, that you point out like what, what I love so much about what you just shared. Thank you. First of all, for just sharing that because the more, the more vulnerable, the more vulnerable we are, the the better people can connect with us and the more we can help them. And it's Absolutely. not easy. It's just like the songwriting. And I feel like it's even harder to do face-to-face conversationally where I'm just, I'm going to say this and I'm not hiding it with lyrics or exactly, uh, exactly. I, you know, I'm not putting beautiful music to it where you kind of like, Oh wait, that's, that's really dark. Like I didn't notice yeah. it because I'm singing along. What the did just say? Like, what did she said it very poppy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so it does take a lot of courage to do that. But one of the things I love so much about what you just said though, was that you were in this moment on the beach and you just made that decision because mm-hmm. sometimes we're thrown into these kind of changes like yeah you know so we, we fall and break something and we realize we got to go through a recovery or there's a wreck or something or or we yeah you, you identified it and said you know what I have the power to change my own life and unless I take that power myself it's not going to change yeah I mean I had just gone through a situation where I was dating somebody and Um, I, he, he did, I thought things were going wonderfully. And then I realized after the fact that he didn't treat me kindly, um, there was, there was some things going on in that situation that he was completely inappropriate for me at the, at the time and age and everything that I was. And it kind of made me realize that, Hey, wait a minute. I wouldn't even have looked at him as an option if I loved myself more. And so there was a bit of a wreck in that, but it was already done. And it was me kind of reflecting on that. And for me, the ocean and water and just being like near any kind of water source is like, it's a grounding moment for me. It's like where I get back to my roots and my nature and, and I find inspiration in those moments. So for me, it was just a no brainer to just go to the beach, have a quiet time, have a sit down and really think about what's going on. So I love that. It's it's very calming just to hear the waves and flows down kind of your thinking. Absolutely. Absolutely that's it's not easy to change your friend group and that is really critical like you said it is about who you're around that had to be hard how how was that taken was it it doesn't sound like you did a cold turkey like hey I'm cutting everybody off did you no I mean some friends I will admit that I ghosted and it was not a healthy way of dealing with it but I didn't know how to deal with it in in a healthy way um I mean some of these people were emotional abusers. And so it's like, no matter what you do, you're going to be wrong. Even if you are doing something um, for yourself that is healthy, they're not, never going to see the purpose in what you're doing. And so I think in some ways, um, ghosting can be, in my opinion, appropriate to just be like, oh yeah, no, I'm busy right now. I mean, don't just completely cut them out, but just be conveniently busy until it just kind of dies on its own naturally. Um, at least that's what worked in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, really what it was is I busied myself with people that were so positive and supportive. And I didn't have time at that point to really make for the people that were negative, that were maybe not necessarily healthy for me. Yeah, I've heard that over and over again. Uh, I heard it related to food, especially where instead of trying to focus on cutting things out, you just focus on putting in more healthy things in your life and that will fill up the space. And then you don't like, 
And then I don't have room for the Snickers bar because I just ate an apple. You know? Yes. Still working so on that funny. myself, but. It's so funny that you say that because actually I have a song called Space Between Us and it's about this whole revelation that I made about treating myself kind and um, filling your own cups. So you have more to give. And the whole premise of the song is um, I'm not going to fall into that space between us because like cutting those negative people out of your life is where you get that positive swing from. Yeah. And I'm not going to fall back into that space again. And so that's what that, that song's about. So that was kind of cool. And, and one of the things when, you know, when you talk about ghosting or even just cutting out the time, one of, one of the things I found with unhealthy dynamics is that staying in the conversation is keeping them in your life. Oh yeah. So absolutely. The more you're re-explaining and being like, Oh, I can't, you know, it's like, there is a point where you just have to be, I told you I'm not doing it. And yeah. Gone. Yeah. There's two ways you can deal with it. It's just, you know, basically just not answer any of the questions because, you know, if somebody is, is actually an emotional abuser or is somebody that's manipulative in some way as a friend and is not looking at it as, at as, as a genuine friendship, they are somebody that will always find a solution to your right. reasons or, or try to find a solution to your reasons. So you give your reasons as to why, Hey, I don't think this is working for me anymore. They will try and counter with a solution and saying, well, I'll do this and I'll do that. And, and, and it's, and it's kind of grasping at straws in some ways, but it makes it harder to just make a clean break. Mm -hmm. And so I think in those situations, it's easier to just be like, you know, a be a broken record. This isn't working for me and, and say it just like something that they can't throw a solution at. This isn't working for me. Yeah. And well, why this isn't working for me. Well, you said that this was great. Well, this isn't working for me. You know, just keep that broken record of repeating the same thing over and over. And then also um, just don't give them a way to counter with, with the solutions. Yeah. So. yeah. Even as simple as, you know, when someone says, can you come to whatever, can you come watch me perform at my next gig? You know, yeah. I, I used to always think I had to give a reason. Oh no, I can't because this, or this one won't yeah. work because of that. And I, I'm, I've learned to be a lot better about just saying, sorry, that doesn't work, or I can't make it to that thing Yeah. without having to say, you know, it could be that I'm sitting home on the couch, just having a relaxing night. And that's what I need that day. Absolutely. And that, that there's no reason that that's not good enough. But when we start feeling like we have to give a reason, then we're actually discounting our own time and space. And yeah. And, and sometimes that recharge is, exa is, is exactly what you need. And that's what you're saying. Um, I find like as, as the person asking people to come out to my gig, I always try and ask in a no pressure kind of way, because I know that they may be choosing to stay at home with their cat that night. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because I need those nights too. Right. And so when I say, Hey, I'm playing down here. If you want to get out and do something, you know, and check out some live music, right. I'll be down here. These, this place has really great beer or great food or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but no pressure if you can't make it or decide that it's just not going to work for you. I'm not going to hold it against you. Exactly. Um, but I'd love to see if you, if you want to come out. Well, it seems to work because you always bring a crowd. So, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I think people just really love where you are. So. Well, I'm curious. Do you, have you had a, have you found that some ways that are really beneficial to find the positive people? Like, cause that's hard. If you, like I know when I've been in bad relationships and, and attracted really negative people into my life, mm -hmm. I noticed how much that was what I was bringing in based on how I let people treat me, what I seem to seek yeah. out. 
And then it's, well, how do you, how do you break that cycle and go, Hey, there's a positive. You have to get awkward is how you do it. (laughs) Um, You have to kind of step out of your comfort zone and first and foremost, start speaking positively over other people, whether it's strangers or other friends, start speaking positively over them because then people will start seeing you as being a positive person and they'll be drawn to you because they like that positivity. So the other day I walked up to a lady in the grocery store and I just said, I really love your dress. It's really pretty. Mm. And I think I made her day. Well, I I say that because the way that she lit up, Mm. she just, she just looked at me and she was like, Oh, wow. Thank you, dear. And it, and it was one of those moments where it's like, I didn't need to say anything. I didn't need to share what I thought, but but A, it was a really pretty dress. And B, she looked like somebody who needed to hear a compliment. She mm-hmm. just looked like she was having a moment of frustration or something that was going on. And I just walked up to her and I just said, really love your dress. That is just super pretty. And left it at that. I didn't need to say anything else. Um, it was not a comment about body image. It was not a comment about how it looks on her or anything like that. I just said, hey, your dress is really pretty. And by starting with those conversations, you'll start speaking positively over other people that you know, where you can actually speak to their vulnerabilities and saying, Hey, I really love that you shared this, or I really love that you help people in this way. And speaking to people's positives, um, will somehow spin something in your head that will all of a sudden just make you want to attract the people that do the same things for you. So when you, you know, made that change, started putting in the positive, I I know it's not like, okay, on Tuesday, I'm in this person on Wednesday, I'm that person. But how quickly did, do you feel like you really started to notice a difference in how you felt? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I lucked out because I think at that point in time, I was also shifting in like where I spent time. And so it was an easy shift where it was like, um, I think I was, suddenly going to a new like open mic or something. And the people that were there were just already the positive supportive people. So it was super easy to just drop in and be like, Oh, okay. All right. I can just just start speaking positively and I'm getting it back right away. It was, it was a bit of luck, I think in that sense. Um, but I, you know, I, it does take time and, and, and the faster that you cut out the negative voices, I think the faster that you kind of see that resolve of hearing the positive ones kind of come through and, and spread, spread the light, so to speak. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't immediate. Um, but it also wasn't a long time either. So. Well, well, one thing that I think you just mentioned that really was critical in that is that you did something that physically supported the the change you wanted to make. You went to a different open mic, you know, and that's, we can't show up to the same place that has all the same people in the same seats and expect things to be different just because we're going to be different. Absolutely. And I think that that's key um, to what, what that change is all about is, is physically removing yourself also from the places that maybe are um, vices or triggers for, for that, that negative behavior. Um, You can't go into your old place and be like, I'm a changed person. Now you all need to follow me. Um, And that kind of actually leads into something else that I was going to mention. But you, you do have to go and physically remove yourself and, and be, in a new place. Um, what I was going to say is what, what leads me to this new idea is, um, 
the, uh, the other thing that's awkward that I kind of have been dealing with, and I don't know if I've really owned it, but I'm dealing with is, <laughs> is the fact that I'm an immigrant. Um, yeah. I came here from Canada as a 90 day fiance to marry my husband, um, during a time where, you know, immigration was a, it was a hot political topic. Um, right. You know, like it was, it was, it was a scary time for somebody even doing it properly and, and checking all of the boxes and doing it, you know, absolutely to a T it was still a nerve wracking time because you knew I, I could be sent back at any time for no reason. And, um, coming to a new country, it is really weird and scary. And as much as Canada and the U S share the longest undefended border in the world, and everybody thinks that, oh yeah, Canada, that's our brother country, sister country, whatever. Everybody's the same. It really isn't. There's a lot of cultural differences. And um, I struggle, I think, still to this day of, I will say things like, oh, back in Canada, blah, blah, blah. And I'm explaining it from the perspective of, in case you're looking at me like I had, I have three heads because I oh. said this. <laughs> yeah. I'm explaining this is what's normal for me and this is weird for me. And I've had people receive what I say as me saying Canada's better or that, you know, I'm trying to change Americans to be more like Canada. And, and I've gotten the reaction of, well, you're here now you need to assimilate. Wow. And really you're, you're, if I hear him hearing you right, you're saying that in order to give them some understanding of your background. Yeah. And to also share a little bit of who I am Yeah, because where I'm from, we, we care about learning where people are from. And, and like in, in my family in particular in Canada, if when Dave came, my husband, Dave came for Christmas dinner, um, my family was all about, okay, so where you're from, what do you guys do for this? And they wanted to pick his brain and learn Mm -hmm. more about his culture and learn more about his family and, and just make those kind of compare contrast kind of observations of saying like, oh, cool. You guys do it this way. We do it this way, but this is where it's similar. That's really neat. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was grown up. And so when I, when I try to engage that way here, I do find, I get a lot of, oh, okay. That's nice. Right. Yeah. Which doesn't seem like the right response because we, we should be wanting to learn from each other. What, What I find so interesting with, with all sorts of things, I see this in sometimes in religion and also in like the development of America or any country, probably it's just, I only know here necessarily, but when you look at the history of how things come together, like with religion, there's all these events that are documented and, and, and reflect on. And at some point it's, well, now this is the book that we're teaching from, but well, why did all of that living development stop at this point in time? Why is it not still growth? And I say with countries too. Yeah. what I love about your last podcast that I listened to with the Jesuit priest um, is that I also grew up in church. I don't know if you knew that about me. I did. Is that um, so? Well, I, I didn't grow up in it. My brother took me to youth group in my teens okay. because there was a girl there that he wanted to get involved with. <laughs> sure. And so he needed a wingman. And so my teen years I spent in church. And I totally get what you're saying about like, I challenged a lot of those, those teachings. And I was the kid that was always rocking the boat and it was a very conservative Baptist church. And, and, you know, I was like, well, why can't women preach? Like, what's the big deal with this? And, and I was the one kind of like asking a lot of the questions and, um, 
I just, I just think it's really interesting that you, you kind of brought that up about the book and this is the teachings. Anyway, I interrupted you. Keep yeah, talking. no, that was it. Because, <laughs> but the same thing with America, where it's our country, you know, our cities and so many, uh, so much of our infrastructure was developed by all the different cultures that immigrated here. Yeah. And so that's why each city has its own flavor and style based on kind of the dominant culture that was there. And so why is that all of a sudden stopped? Yeah. You know, this, this is, should be an evolution and not a, a cutoff. Yeah. I think that's a, a very wonderful observation that you're making in, in that, you know, at some point, why do we cut this off and will it ever kind of come back? Um, my sister kind of said it interestingly and my sister, she's now 19 years old, but it was around the time that I moved. So, you know, she was probably 14, 15 years old. And she just looks at me and she goes, well, that's because Canada is a mosaic country and America is an assimilate country. And I was just like, such an interesting observation for a, a teenager to me. Right. And I'm like, can you explain that? And she just said, well, Canada is very much the celebratory of all of the, the parts, kind of like what you're saying about everybody's come here from other places and everybody and, and the cities are all kind of reflective of what places immigrated most to that area. And, and Canada is younger than the United States as a country. And so we're still in that generation of being a country that we're still wanting to learn about each other and each other's cultures. So who knows, maybe Canada is going to end up kind of where we are here in the U S and it's just a matter of it being a younger country. I don't know. Question. Um, but um, she she kind of said it in such a way that I was just like, oh, wow, like, I don't know if I've ever seen it from that perspective. I just I had foolishly the same perspective, um, the per- same perspective as maybe some of the Americans that I've met here, where I assumed Canada and the U.S. would be similar and that by moving people would be similar to what I'm used to in Canada. So oh, I had right. the opposite yeah. reflection and e- expectation. And I think that that's that's probably what we need to let go of is expectations mm-hmm. in that. You know, what, what comes to mind too, is that you, you emigrated here. Has it been a couple of years now? Yeah. We applied for the immigration process in 2017. Okay. And I got my K1 90 day fiance visa in 2018, moved September, 2018, uh, applied for the green card, December, 2018. And it took until January, 2021 until I got my green card. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I remember seeing updates and things along the way and, yes. and how I knew that was a long process. Yes. But what, what's interesting and what comes to mind is that we have these events happen in life, like this thing happens. Like for me, I came out and then it's like, okay, well, you think, oh, that was in the past. It was done. Like I immigrated. I got my card this date. Now I'm done. But the conversation never ends. Like it's always as yeah. you meet new people and as you tell your story, that's still part of you and it's still something you run into. Yeah, it's still a defining thing. It's something that defines who you are as a person was this significant thing in your life that happened. Um, in some ways, it's a bit traumatic, even if it is a positive change in your life. Sure, it it sure. is still a little kind of micro trauma in a sense. Like I had nightmares about being, you know, leaving stuff behind because I moved so quickly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I wasn't allowed 
to work when I first got here because that's part of the rules of the visa. And, you know, uh, at the time that we applied, we were told, oh, it'll be about three months. And so we budgeted for five just to be safe. And it ended up taking, I think, nine months from when we applied, but a year from when I entered the country. So that was a bit of a surprise and dealing with all of that and, and trying to work through the next few years, not going the way that we expected it to go based on what we were told. Um, you know, that was another kind of thing that defined who I am because I just feel like I've, I've learned how to like kind of tough it out together in the trenches with my husband and we're, you know, trying to do this on our own. And, and, um, we've, I feel like we've kind of gotten into this really wonderful stride together in, in making this work. And, you know, we don't live like the, the lavish lifestyle because of it, but, um, you know, we bought our house and we're making this work. We have a beautiful daughter and, um, I'm able to be a stay-at-home mom and take, and take care of our kid, but also play music for a living. So this is a dream come true. I would not have been able to do that if I stayed in Canada or if he moved to Canada. So um, in the end, it was still the right decision to make for us. So has this, has this journey and this trauma, uh, as you put it, uh, fueled any, any songwriting for you? Oh, absolutely. Um, I have a song, uh, called thank you and it's it's one of those dark songs that I put a positive spin on um during that time of waiting for the green card so after I even I was allowed to work but we were waiting for the green card it it took what three years or two, two over two years that's what it was over two years for me to get it um that whole time I was just so scared that they were going to have some reason to send me home. And meanwhile, I'm married. I'm gave up my career and my life in Canada. And I found it hard some days. Like I, you know, even during the time I wasn't allowed to work, I would just lay on the couch and sit with my cat who's now passed away. But, um, I would sit on my, on the couch with my cat and watch TV and Dave would come home from a hard day of teaching. And he, I'd still be in my jammies at five o'clock. And I'm just like in tears and I'm like, I've had a hard day. I'm sorry. I'm a mess. And I had no reason to be, it was just emotionally difficult to deal with that transition. And, you know, he would look at me and he goes, it's okay. I teach eighth grade. I'm a mess too. (laughs) And one of the things, (laughs) yeah, I know. Right. And one of the things that we learned in that time is, um, being able to say to each other, thank you for loving me. Oh, I love that. And, you know, regardless of where we are, I'm not all dolled up. I'm not making all the money. I'm not in a place where I am, you know, sending this relationship forward in any kind of way. I'm on the couch in my jammies at 5 p.m. And I get to say to him, thank you for loving me because this is me right now. This is me in this moment. And, you know, this darkness is scary. This unknowing is scary, but you still love me in that. And that's all that's important. So I love that. Yeah. Now I've never had a musical guest on. Do you sing when you're on podcasts? I don't know. We could. I mean, if you want to, I don't know if that's something. Did I grab a pick? I don't think I did. That's all right. I do have the guitar handy. Look at that. I don't know if there's something you want to share with our group so I can get a flavor for your. <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't know if I've got a pick, so probably don't need it let's do um 
I'm going to, I'm going to throw it back a little bit to uh, the song that I wrote during that 2014 change in my life. Um, it was kind of, I actually think it was actually par partially written on the beach. Um, I do, anytime I go and have a beach day, I will bring my journal with me and just kind of journal whatever thoughts I have going on. And uh, this is the song called Space Between Us. It's all about filling your own cup and um, just being in a place where you're cutting out those negative voices and kind of realizing that maybe you should have been doing that all along. Hmm. And the biggest part of that is whenever you are making those positive changes in your life, remind yourself and know I am worth it. So here we go, space between us. time and space between us now is divided. You'll spend this time for searching. I spend this space for realization. Today I won't fold pieces. Today I won't fall into that space between us. The days and months were numbered with a thick black line. Well, I think it could have foreseen it all transpired today i won't fold pieces today i won't fall into that space between us because i'm learning how to put me first love and self to pay
Awesome. That was amazing. Thank you. I, I love the lyrics too. Just trying to not fall into that space. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's one of the songs that I'm probably the most proudest of. And it was one of those songs that pretty much wrote itself. Um, mm. I say as a songwriter that I don't write songs, songs write themselves through me and I'm just the vehicle. I love and that. Some days the vehicle's a Porsche. Some days it's maybe six <laughs> You know, <laughs> some days it needs a little push. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Some days it needs a bump start. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. That's um, the, that song. It really, it really does hit though, because I love that, that line about not having that, that breakdown today. Yeah. Today I'm going to choose to not fall apart, you know, and, yeah. and I'm not going to be upset about losing something that was never really good for me in the first place. So, yeah. yeah. I also realized how awkwardly I just was staring like, <laughs> like for sorry for everyone who had to watch me watch you sing it was it's great. okay it's okay um <laughs> but it was good I was like I don't know do I bebop do I <laughs> you sit and drink your coffee how much more awkward can I make it yeah <laughs> okay I closed my eyes so it Be didn't like, bother me okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just like twist the mustache <laughs> right mm. <laughs> no I I love it that that was awesome Nicola it's a pleasure to have you here uh, before we go, what would be an, just a piece of advice you'd give people on how they could own their awkward? Yeah, um, I think just exactly what the song says is just um, you are worth it. And I think that's one of the things that like having grown up in the church, going back to that, I kind of grew up learning that like you got to be selfless you got to you know give before you receive you got to you know you are never going to be good enough and you're never going to be worthy and I think that those are wonderful teachings for humility and for for being humble and I think that there is a time and a purpose for all of those teachings but in my teenage brain I took it as I'm not worthy of love from other people and I'm not worthy of you know taking care of myself. And I think what we need to kind of change that view and that perspective on is we need to love ourselves and fill our own cups first and, and take care of ourselves. And I hate the word self-love. I'm not going to use it as advice. I think it is a, a trigger word for a lot of people these days, because yeah. a lot of employers use it in a way that is abusive, but I, I really truly do think that, um, we need to take care of ourselves in order for us to take care of other people um, and, and being able to fill our own cup and be in a place where we can give more because we have more to give um, and just changing that perspective and knowing that I'm worth it. I'm worth it to invest in myself because this is who I spend the rest of my life with. Yeah, exactly. That would be my advice is just, I, I think that's perfect advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody listening, be sure to look at the links below and follow Nicola's social media. Listen to her songs. They're all over on all the major platforms. It, it means so much to an artist when, when people hit that play button or subscribe Absolutely. or whatever. Share even. Like, yeah, share tell your it out. Friends, hey, I found this artist and I really like her stuff or whatever. Like, it's amazing how many times we'll, I'll, I'll hear from people across the country. Hey, my friend shared, me, shared your stuff with me. Oh, that's um, so awesome. Yeah, so... Anyway, <laughs> I'll just interrupt you more. How's that? No, you're, you're, this is I could I could talk to you for hours. We could, we could go on and on, but um, too but much yes, fun. <laughs> that, yes, and I'm there's so much awkward to unpack, just always. So I appreciate I you. I, I appreciate you too, and thank you so much for having me. It's yes. been absolutely wonderful, and I can't wait to see you again. 
you too. Thank you, Nicola, for being here and for, for opening up and sharing your awkward with the world. Everyone else, we'll see you next week for our next episode. And be sure to like, comment, share, and subscribe and get this out so that uh, everybody else can, can hear the beautiful music that Nicola has. Thank you so much for listening in for today's show. Be sure to visit awkwardcareer.com to continue your journey. And of course, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends so they can find their awkward side and learn how to own it.